0: Let's do it. And now, shining the spotlight on the future of hockey.
1: Hello, it's Paul and Byron by the Vancouver Giants. I'm Kirby Dock of the Saskatoon Blades. I'm Dylan Cousins of the Westbridge Hurricanes. Hey guys, this is Cam here. Spencer Knight. This is Matt Boldy. It's Alex Turcotte from Team USA. Hi, it's Maurice Sider from the Adela-Mannheim.
2: This is Alexis Lafrenière of the Rimouski Oceanic. Major Junior.
0: They were the best in the QMJHL, and now
3: the Huskies are Memorial Cup
2: champions. NCAA. Everybody in that Bulldog section's on their feet. The bench is
4: ready to party as the UMD Bulldogs are back-to-back national champions.
0: The World Juniors. Time winding down,
2: and Finland has won the World Junior Championship in Vancouver in spectacular style
4: the NHL Draft.
2: With the first pick overall, the New Jersey Devils are proud to select from the U.S. program, Jack Hughes.
4: And more.
3: Unbelievable. Wow. That's
0: incredible. This is The Pipeline Show.
3: All right.
4: Well, good weekend and welcome to another episode of The Pipeline Show. My name is Gee Fleming. Thanks very much. For stopping by and downloading this particular episode, if you're a newcomer to the show, then welcome to the program. And if you are a returning listener, then thanks for coming back. And uh, again, I, I've mentioned this on the last few shows. If you uh, get your podcasts from a place where you can leave a rating or a comment or something like that, for those uh, people who just stumble across it and never heard of the Pipeline Show before, but they see a you know a four or five star rating and uh, some nice comments. Uh, That'd be great. I'd appreciate it if, uh, if you have the ability to do that, that you would uh, take a second and uh, leave a comment or a rating uh, for the next person. I I would appreciate that. I'd also like to know where you uh, came across the Pipeline Show, how you first heard about it, if how long you've been listening. Uh, So drop me a line, uh, hit me up on Twitter at tps underscore gee. As always, we start with the question of the day, which I put up on Twitter uh, just a few moments ago, actually. So not expecting uh, any feedback. Just yet, but uh, the question of the day with NHL Central Scouting's uh, ranking coming out last week, I just wondered who was maybe overrated or underrated in your mind. Give me a, a a few examples of a player that I don't know. Maybe they got a B rating and you thought they should have got an A, or uh, they got a B rating and you thought they should have got a C, or somebody that wasn't given a, a letter ranking uh, at all. Uh, if there's somebody like that that comes to mind, uh, let me know. Hit me up on Twitter again at TPS underscore Guy is where you'll find uh, that uh, that poll question. For me, a guy that immediately comes to mind is Jake Neighbors. Uh, A little bit biased. He's here in Edmonton with the Oil Kings, but was given a B rating, and that's certainly a a good one. Uh, But I think he is a first-round pick, so I would have given him an A. We're going to move quickly today, and uh, we'll get right to the uh, news and notes portion. Uh, And uh, news out of the U.S. uh, with the All-American prospect game usually goes at the end of September, Uh, End of September, end of October, somewhere. Uh, But they've completely scrapped it this year. And um, instead, USA Hockey is going to combine it with the USHL top prospect game in January. Now, in years past, the top prospect game in January with the USHL was basically two all-star teams in the USHL made up of draft-eligible players, not including the U.S. National Development Program. This year, the format is going to be the, uh, the U.S. Development Program, will take on a single USHL All-Star team made up of draft-eligible players, and that is going to be what they call their top prospect game, uh, which is all fine and dandy and and that would have worked in previous years, I'm sure. Uh, I I think it is a bit of a bummer, though, that the All-American game is gone because that one was any American player that is eligible for the draft was able to play in that one. So not just guys in the USHL, but U.S. high school players, guys in the Canadian Hockey League. Uh, so now they don't have that game, uh, which is uh, disappointing. I guess maybe uh, you can make the argument, well, the CHL guys do have the CHL top prospect game, and that's fair. But I kind of liked the, how USA Hockey was having this spotlight on American talent that's draft eligible. I thought, I thought that was an, a great thing. Uh, and I'm also I'm not clear on um, the high school guys if they're going to be able to play in the USHL game or not if they're not playing in the USHL. So uh, a guy like uh, well Blake Biondi comes to mind. He has started the year in the USHL, but I believe everybody is expecting him to go back to high school at, at Hermantown. And if that's the case, if he's playing there, will he get the call to, to go play in the USHL top prospect game? Not sure. So I guess we'll wait and see how it all plays out. But uh, on the surface, I was just a little disappointed that it to uh, see that news. You can agree or disagree, and that's fine. You can uh, tell me how you feel. Again, on Twitter, at TPS underscore Guy. Let's get to the CHL top 10. The uh, Oshawa Generals, well, uh, you can't be any better than uh, perfect. They are 9-0 and right now going into this weekend's play. They are obviously the number one ranked team in the Canadian Hockey League, the only unbeaten squad. Sherbrooke goes from number 3 to number 2. Prince Albert jumps back up from 6 to 3. The Quebec Remparts hold steady at uh, the number 4 spot. Number 5 is Chicoutimi. They actually fell from the the number 2 position last week. The Edmonton Oil Kings go from 9 to 6. Medicine Hat just outside the top 10 last week. They are now number 7. In the same situation as the Owen Sound Attack, not rated last week. Now number 8. Charlottetown drops Two spots from seven to nine, and the Ottawa 67s hold down the number ten spot for a second consecutive week. Going to the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, the top team in the league heading into this weekend's play, the Sherbrooke Phoenix, with a record of nine one one. Their uh, winning percentage is an eight sixty four. Quebec not far behind, though, an eight hundred uh, winning percentage. Also playing really well early in the season, Charlottetown, Cape Breton, Rimouski, all over a 7.25 winning percentage, and Schwinnigan right at the 700 mark, as are the Moncton Wildcats struggling. Well, Gatineau, obviously, they are 1-8-2 and at this point. acadie Bathurst uh, also winless this season, 0-6-1, with uh, three losses coming in uh, shootout or overtime. Both of those teams, uh, just with four points, they've played uh, 10 or 11 games already. Top scorer in the queue, Alexi Lafreniere, with uh, 29 points uh, so far this year for the Ramouski Oceanic. And uh, Cedric Paré, his teammate, has 25. And Dmitri Zavgorodny uh, has 24 points. So that trio uh, leading the league in scoring. Let's go to the OHL. And I mentioned the Oshawa Generals. A perfect 9-0 as they sit uh, coming into this weekend. Owen Sound is the and Kitchener both with a 722 winning percentage and 13 points each. They are the next two teams in the OHL, and I'm going by winning percentage, not by points, because some teams have played uh, more games than others. A couple of teams, London and Guelph, have only played seven games so far this year. Uh, London is 500, Guelph is uh, just under 500, but while some teams have played, a lot of teams have played uh, nine or ten games, uh, those two clubs have only managed to get into seven thus far. The offensive leaders, Arthur Kaliev, of the Hamilton Bulldogs, he has 21 points and he scored a highlight reel goal uh, earlier this week. The uh, the old scoop lacrosse scoop uh, from behind the net and tuck it into the back corner. Pretty impressive uh, skill set there for uh, Kaliev. Quinton Byfield has 20 points, so right hot on his heels. Nick Robertson uh, as well with 19. Phil Tomasino has 18 points for the Niagara Ice Dogs. Out west here, the uh, top team w- with winning percentage of 889 are the uh, Prince Albert Raiders defending champs. Off to a great start. 7 0 2 record. They have not lost in regulation time yet this season. The Edmonton Oil Kings and Medicine Hat Tigers are tied for the second best uh, winning percentage right now at 773. Both of them have 17 points after 11 games. Medicine Hat has eight wins, Edmonton seven, but they have a couple of uh, overtime losses uh, more than Medicine Hat has. That's the difference. Everett would be the fourth best team with a 667 winning percentage who is struggling well uh, the Regina Pats are one and nine uh, to begin the year both Prince George and Swift Current also uh, slow out of the gate as are surprisingly the Brandon Kings, who are three and six to begin the year offensively the uh, Kamloops Blazers are uh, doing well putting up a lot of points Connor Zary leads the dub in scoring he has 16 points Oren Santazo also uh, of the Blazers has 15 Bryce Kindop of Everett has 15 points as well Alexey and uh, of Prince Albert and Jimmy Hamblin of the Medicine Hat Tigers, uh, they have 14 points. Well, the next step for CHL players uh, after their junior eligibility is uh, up is uh, either professional hockey or off to U-sport. Uh, here in Canada West, after a couple of weekends of regular season play, you have the Calgary Dinos and the University of Alberta Golden Bears. They are both 4-0 and to begin the year. Mount Royal in uh, Calgary, and Lethbridge uh, are 3-1, and one. then you have Manitoba who's 500, UBC, Saskatchewan, and Regina all looking for their first wins. In fact, Regina, the Cougars, are 0-4 to begin the year. The schedule for Canada West action this weekend, the Dinos are in Manitoba to take on the Bisons. Lethbridge goes to uh, Saskatoon to take on the Saskatchewan Huskies. Should be a great weekend uh, of action at Claire Drake here in Edmonton as uh, Mount Royal will take on the Golden Bears. Mount Royal playing very well. And uh, Regina will take on UBC. Both of those teams looking for their first win. Uh, would you be surprised to see them split their weekend series? Leading scorers in uh, Canada West, Matt Alfaro of the Calgary Dinos and uh, Riley Lindgren of the uh, Mount Royal Cougars. They both have 9 points, 5 goals, and 4 assists each. Four of the top 6 scores play for Mount Royal. So that team has been able to put up some uh, offense early in the season. Switch gears and look at the NCAA in the, the United States. And uh, the uh, top 20 poll has come out the number one team this week after a uh, Duluth split last weekend. While well, the Denver Pioneers now the number one ranked team. Not unanimously, though. They went from two last week up to number one. Minnesota State, the next team, uh, they go from three to two. While the Bulldogs from UMD, they slide from one to three. Massachusetts. The UMass Minutemen, uh, they hold steady at number four. So does Cornell at five. They haven't even played yet, but they stay uh, at five. Boston College goes from 10 to six. Notre Dame up one spot with a 2-0 record. They uh, land in the number seven position. Quinnipiac moves up from nine to eight. Penn State goes from 13 to nine and actually received one vote for uh, to be ranked number one overall. Clarkson rounds out the top ten. And 11 through 20 goes like this. St. Cloud, Ohio State, Providence, Western Michigan, Northeastern, North Dakota, Wisconsin at 17, UMass Lowell, Harvard, who hasn't played yet, and Boston University rounds out the top 20. Some of the highlight games uh, in the NCAA this weekend, well, Minnesota Duluth at Wisconsin should be a beauty. a little curious to see Arizona against Air Force. I don't think the Sun Devils have got off to the start that they wanted this year, and Air Force is uh, a respectable club for sure. They make teams earn it. North Dakota is at Minnesota State. Another good one in Denver is the Pioneers welcome Boston College. Bowling Green will take on Western Michigan. Lake Superior off to play the Michigan Wolverines, and Northern Michigan is out in Boston to take on the Terriers of Boston University. All right, that's going to do it for the news and notes. Let's get to what's coming down the pipe today. I had planned on having uh, four guests on the show, but uh, one of those interviews fell through at the uh, last minute or really just couldn't get it confirmed in time. Uh, so just three guests on the show today, although uh, there is going to be a little bonus uh, audio clip as well, which I might actually include here at the end of this segment. But our in-the-dub segment today will be uh, Josh Horton, who uh, writes for the Everett Herald and covers the Everett Silvertips. They made a big trade earlier this week, and uh, that club is playing some pretty good hockey once again, so uh, Josh Horton will join us. He'll basically be our CHL insider as well, and that segment, uh, as always, uh, brought to you by The Store Next Door, taking uh, your broken hockey sticks and turning them into some uh, absolute uh, treasures as uh, they'll, they'll take any stick that they can get their hands on, and uh, they make some really cool stuff with it. Uh, go to the thestorenextdoor.ca and uh, check out their their gallery uh, with their uh, catalog and uh, find out what they do that uh, is a fit for you. And uh, let me know if you've uh, picked up anything from the store next door and uh, if you're happy with it and and, uh, take a picture and put it on Twitter or something like that. From that segment, we'll uh, go to our NCAA campus report, Nate Wells, who covers the big 10 conference uh, and specifically the Minnesota golden gophers. He'll be my guest to preview the conference play uh, this season in the big 10. Then the 2020 draft spotlight this week we go to the USHL and the Madison Capitals at Carson Bantle currently leading the USHL in scoring. He's tied at top the scoring race, but draft eligible this year and uh, given a C rating by NHL Central Scouting. But on paper, there's lots to like. Six foot five, two hundred pounds, and obviously uh, can uh, put up some numbers at least early on here. So an interesting player to watch for moving forward. Wanted to get him on the show early this year and was able to chat with him here in the last couple of days. Reminder about Pro Stock Hockey. It's your online source for authentic Pro Stock Hockey equipment. You can get sticks, gloves, and all the rest. You can follow them on Twitter, at Pro Stock Hockey. They have uh, lots of product updates and special offers, and they tell you about contests there. Right now, one of the contests is you can win three free Pro Stock sticks of your choice. Enter for a chance to win now at prostockhockey.com slash giveaway. And they say uh, signing up is quick and easy, and and it's free. Plus, you can earn bonus entries for sharing with friends and family and teammates. So uh, best of luck if you are looking to pick up three free sticks uh, of your choice. I'm going to retweet that right now. Then it'll be on my timeline as well. But uh, they always have new stuff coming in. So you'll want to visit their website uh, on a regular basis uh, to see what's new. It's not just sticks. It's uh, all types of equipment, whether it's shoulder pads or pants or skates or jerseys or they even get into the apparel, stuff that you'll see like uh, the trainer wearing on the bench, the, the coats and the shirts and stuff like that. You can really look like a part of the team. Now, the uh, little bonus audio that I want to share with you before we uh, kick off the rest of the show comes from the Moose Jaw Warriors. And uh, James Gallo, the voice of the uh, Warriors, uh, sent me the audio. It's a conversation he's had with Olivia Howe. Who is uh, Olivia Howe? Well, she's a new assistant coach with the uh, Warriors. And why is that significant? Well, she is the first female uh, to be named uh, to a coaching staff in the Western Hockey League, and the uh, bonus that she gets to do it at home. She's from uh, Moose Jaw, and so a nice fit for her there, but uh, she's got a pretty good record as well. She uh, went to Clarkson, played in the NCAA. Her team got to the Frozen Four all four years she was there and uh, won a national championship in 2014. She also coached at uh, Notre Dame in Wilcox, Saskatchewan, So a really cool story, 25 years old and now on the bench of a WHL team. Nice story. So uh, James was able to uh, supply a bunch of us with the audio, so we're going to share that uh, for you right now, and then we'll set up the rest of the show. Here's uh, James Gallo with Olivia Howe.
0: Exciting news for the Moose Warriors today as the organization has announced that local product Olivia Howe has joined them as the team's new coaching assistant. Now, Alan, with this opportunity on your mind, what made Olivia the right person for the job?
3: Well, Olivia has a tremendous amount of experience in the game. Um, She's played, she's coached, uh, she's scouted, um, had tremendous success. at Notre Dame as a player, winning a national championship. Um, then went on to Clarkson University in a hockey scholarship and won an NCAA uh, Women's National Championship there. Um, she wore a letter both uh, at Clarkson uh, and Notre Dame. Um, and as we got to know Olivia and, and her background and her experience, uh, we talked about her you know, be joining our team to be a guest coach at our recent training camp. She came in here, did a very good job, uh, made a strong impression on our hockey staff and our coaching staff, and uh, we wanted to find an opportunity to, to bring her on to our, our, hockey, our hockey staff and uh, so working with uh, Marco, Larry, Scott King and, and Tim Hunter, uh, we've put together uh, this job description, this position and this opportunity for Olivia uh, to help our team and we believe that uh, uh, it's an exciting opportunity for her. We think that she'll do real well and she's a great addition to our club. You had
0: mentioned that she was with the organization as a guest coach during the training camp? Did you have this in the back of your mind? You know, training camp, you're evaluating players, but were you kind of, you know, thinking about this at that time?
3: Well, I, I think that, uh, you know, I, I think as an organization, we're, we're always looking for ways to complement uh, um, all our staff in terms of uh, adding quality people. Um, and, and But we also take the responsibility seriously um, of giving young people development opportunities to grow in the game and get better. And uh, so this was an opportunity that matched something that we thought could help our hockey club, um, give Olivia a special opportunity that she's more than qualified for, and um, and and see how it goes. And uh, you know she'll be around our team for practice and games. Uh, she'll act as an eye in the sky during the games for our coaches, providing information. Um, she'll work with uh, Scott King in terms of getting on the ice and doing some you know, skill development, player development with our players. And uh, um, we think that uh, it's an exciting opportunity for her. And uh, again, um, she'll add a lot to our team. And congratulations,
0: Olivia. I guess uh, i like to get your initial reactions to, to joining the Moose Warriors.
5: Yeah, no, it's been really surprising, um, the feedback and the, the reaction I've got. Um, I'm really excited to start here. Uh, it's a great opportunity. And um, being from Musha, it's just awesome.
0: Now you talked to General Manager Alan Miller about this opportunity uh, last week and then what's going through your mind as you know, you're know you recognizing that this is a, a good possibility that you'll be joining a Western Hockey League team?
5: Yeah, it was really exciting last week when he um, presented this opportunity to me and I'm um, just thinking about it the whole weekend um, coming to the game here on uh, Wednesday and just like kind of putting into perspective what I'd be doing and it's really exciting. Um, like I said, great opportunity, and um, really happy that uh, the Warriors asked me to do this.
6: You
0: were a guest coach with the team during their 2019 training camp. How has that opportunity maybe helped you to get ready for this?
5: Yeah, so again, Alan uh, asked me to do the training camp, and it was really exciting. Um, I didn't hesitate, obviously, just uh, needed to get, my, get out there and um, be at this level of hockey, being working with the, the males out here. It's been really exciting. Um, it's definitely a lot different coming from the female game, so a lot to learn.
0: Why so different?
5: Uh, Just different styles of play, and um, the way the women play the game, obviously, um, no checking and and whatnot. So there's a a bunch of factors that uh, add into this, and it's going to be really exciting to uh, learn a lot with the team.
0: And an opportunity to work firsthand with Tim Hunter, Mark O'Leary, and Scott King, that's got to be really exciting.
5: Yeah, great coaching staff, and um, like you said, met with them at training camp, and um, I think we all got along pretty well, so uh, I think I'll have a lot to learn from all three of them.
0: When you go back to training camp, you know, and being on the ice with the guys and communicating with them, was that one of the big things to prepare you for here? Because you will be on the ice for the Warriors or practices when available, so being able to communicate with these guys then probably has to help now.
5: Yeah, for sure. And um, I don't think there was any problem um, communicating with the fellas. They, were, they t- took my um, criticisms and my lessons, um, things I had to say, uh, very well. And uh, I think it, it'll help me translate into this as well.
0: The Western Hockey League has confirmed that you are the first woman to join uh, a Western Hockey League coaching staff. And I know you're a modest individual, but you know, will it sink in eventually, You know, kind of being a trailblazer?
5: I think eventually, maybe. Like right now it's a little fresh, so it's still really exciting, but uh, I think it's going to take a couple couple nights to really sink in what's what's going on here.
0: Talking with Warriors head coach Tim Hunter about the news of Olivia Howe joining his staff as a coaching assistant. And uh,
2: Tim, uh, first off with the news, I'd like to get your reaction to this exciting opportunity. Well, it's great to have another perspective in the dressing room and in the coach's office, Uh, a female that's uh, played at the highest level in the NCAA, and... Uh, won a national cha- championship. Now she was a guest host with the Warriors during training
0: camp and you had the opportunity to work with her on the ice. Just maybe talk about you know, her, her voice and how she's able to communicate with the guys.
2: Well, she's a, a pretty tall girl, so she's got a real presence on the ice and uh, she speaks loudly to the players uh, direct. Uh, she's got a good message and uh, we're excited for her. She also has a wealth of experience and knowledge. Is that something that you hope she can communicate with the players well that's what i talked about earlier is her uh, knowledge and her experience of uh, playing four years of college being a leader on the team she's been on and and being able to impart that information to our players and and uh, you know when i'm not on the ice with the players we'll have Mark and Scott and her out and on the ice and uh, uh, working with guys individually and just getting her perspective of how to play and how to do certain things and skill sets on the ice. Let's get to the rest of the show.
4: We're going to kick it off next with a Josh Horton of the Everett Herald. That's next here on the Pipeline Show. <laughs> Left wing the drop pass. Kendry into the offensive zone. Top into the net in front for Madsen. What a save by Dustin Wolf. He stretched out with the glove, makes the save, and covers! Oh my! 8.37 to go in the second! Hey, it's Dustin Wolf with the Everett Sober Tips, and you're listening to the Pipeline Show.
7: a lot of people with disabilities that can't just go out and find a job. So we set out to create a business to fill those needs, one stick at a time. The Store Next Door gift shop is a Yarmouth-based manufacturer and retail outlet store. So we make great ideas that any of our employees come up with There's nothing better than when a customer buys something and then one of our employees say, I made that. They have meaningful lives and build things they can be proud of and get a paycheck for it. I'm Amy Acker, and we change lives one job at a time.
0: You're listening to The Pipeline Show with Gee
4: Flaming. I got a bad feeling about this. Let's kick off this week's episode of the Pipeline Show with in the Dub segment brought to you by Dubnetwork.ca. If you want to stay up to date on everything happening around the Western Hockey League, that's a great place to start your day, is at Dubnetwork.ca. Lots of things happening, including big trades. We saw one earlier this week with the Everett Silvertips and the Prince Albert Raiders, which we're obviously going to talk about in this segment. Uh, But uh, things like that you can find at Dubnetwork.ca. Elsewhere... Especially when it comes to Everett Silvertips. Uh, you want to stay in touch with uh, the Daily Herald out of Everett with uh, Josh Horton, who is the uh, beat writer covering the uh, Silver Tips, And he's my guest today in the, in the dub segment. Uh, Josh, welcome to the Pipeline Show. How are you?
6: I'm good, Guy. Thanks so much for having me on.
4: Uh, pleasure to get a chance to speak with you. It's, I think this is actually your first time on the show, isn't it? It is, yeah. All Indeed. right. Well, I appreciate you uh, making the time today. Uh, and it's a good time to talk about the silver tips. Big trade this week, as I mentioned, with the, uh, the tips picking up Cole Fonstad and, uh, and what a debut he made uh, earlier this week, uh, in, uh, that game of three point performance. Yeah,
6: he was, he was terrific. I mean, um, it, it was expectations were, were, were high, but also a little low because he's a guy that's coming in and, and not knowing. And whatnot, but uh, they threw him right into the deep end. He played a lot of minutes. Was on power play, penalty kill. Um, he was on there six on five with with Brandon's uh, goalie pulled, and he, he was terrific. Um, you know, he's a kid that flashed a lot of speed, and that's kind of whatever it was looking for. They're a team um, under Gary Davidson and Dennis Williams that wants to play fast. They want to show, showcase that skill. They want to let their forwards, um, you know, get up and down the ice, um, quick breakouts and whatnot. And he kind of fits that system perfectly. Um, so yeah he he broke open the the scoring with a with a beautiful five on three goal um you know kind of Johnny on the spot on a rebound and um then had some had some nice assists on the other one so yeah he 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 looked really good um he he had some pretty instant chemistry with uh with Bryce Kindop and Gage Gonzalez their leading scorers uh, outside of Facade so yeah, it was it was a great debut for him. He looked he looked terrific.
4: When I had uh, the GM Gary Davidson on the show in the uh, preseason to talk about the club, uh, he he made it pretty obvious, uh, I think, for the audience that he was looking for uh, forwards around the league that he could bring in and and uh, add some scoring punch. And obviously, that uh, is one of the reasons uh, they go out and get Fonstad, and and he's off to a great start. But with twenty four goals this season, has offense been as big a concern as uh, as maybe we thought?
1: Yeah, they, they, they have had
6: some struggles. They went into, to Wednesday's game with the 21st strength power play. Um, you know, they, they were scoring 18 goals. Um, and a lot of those were (laughs) not coming on five on five. So there, there were some, there were some issues there. And, um, when I talked to Gary Davidson on Sunday, right after that trade went through, he, he kind of, he kind of made it seem like he want, he wants a team that, that can compete or, you know, give a chance for his team to compete. And there's no way they were going to do that without adding some offense. Um, they did have to, to part with a pretty nice package. Um, Bruce Vitelli is a kid with a lot of promise and kid that can play center and really, he's a really quick kid and good puck handler. And obviously those draft picks as well, you know, those, those aren't cheap. So, um, but nonetheless, I think just the opportunity of acquiring a kid like Fonsat, who's not only played in a memorial cup, but also, um, uh, has a, has a point per game pedigree in the league. That was, that was hard to pass up for, for Gary Davidson.
4: Josh Horton of the Everett Herald is my guest here on the Pipeline Show. Uh, all right, let's uh, talk about the Silver Tips in, in a broader sense. Uh, at this point in the season, they're the number one uh, team in the U.S. division currently, as we get close uh, into the uh, weekend's uh, action. Uh, and going by a uh, winning percentage, they're the top team in the West division right now. So I'd have to think to some degree they're happy with the way things have gone. And uh, certainly the success is there, but... It sounds like maybe the way they're getting it done, they're not completely happy with just yet.
6: Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, you look at their, their goal differential, you know, their their 24 goals, 21 goals against. I think they'd love that, that goals for to go up. Uh, you figure the goals against will always be a manageable number with Dustin Wolf and uh, Keegan Carkey in net. Uh, Dustin Wolf has, has, uh, has looked terrific even without a losing some guys in defense. You think maybe, you know, there'll be some, some more odd man rushes and you'll get left up dry, maybe a little bit more, but. He still looked terrific. I mean, he's had some just unbelievable performances thus far. And Keegan Carkey's looked really solid in his two starts. So, um, you know, Everett's always going to be kind of built from the, from the net out, um, based on, you know, how they've successfully developed goaltenders over the years, but mm-hmm. they, they'd love, I think they'd love to, to score some, score some more goals. And, um, I think, I mean, they're, they're related with how, how things are going thus far in the season. I think they, they understand they, they have some shortcomings they need to address, but all things considered, you're sitting there six and three, um, with, with some scoring troubles and, and whatnot and, and some real question marks with some guys like Connor Dewar and Riley Sutter and Zach Andrzejak and, uh, some, some key, 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 some key pieces on the defense leaving. And, um, you're sitting there at six and three and top of the decision. I think that's, uh, all things considered, that's pretty good.
4: How's uh, the new import in Michael Gut uh, perform so far? Five points uh, through his first seven games. Just the one goal so far, but uh, maybe you got to uh, be a bit more patient with uh, an import rookie.
6: A little bit, yeah. Mike, Michael Gut looked pretty good. Um, you know, he's a kid with with some size and some real vision. Um, he's a kid that's uh, slotted in and played some even some top top six center for them early on. He was paired up with with Bryce of for a lot of the year, and um, he, he had a lot of success with him. Uh Yeah, he's looked he's looked really good. He, he, he's a kid with some promise for sure. Um, he's a kid that is playing power play for them already. Um, you know, they they they're they're very bullish on on Michael Goode and and his ceiling and what he can become. I think uh you know kind of the best is is, uh, is to come with with Michael Goode.
4: You mentioned Bryce Kindop a couple of times, leading the team in scoring. He is the uh, highest uh, scoring returning player from last year's squad. What are expectations for him? I mean, he's, he's one of the top scorers in the entire league. Should we expect that uh, to be able to, uh, like, can he maintain that, do you think, for the entire season?
6: I think he'll be up there for sure. I mean, he's a kid that, um, he just, he just plays the game the right way, I think. Um, he's a, he's a coach's favorite even last year with, with guys like Connor Dewar. And don't get me wrong, people love Connor Dewar, but, you know, Bryce Kindab, just a lot of, a lot of unelicited the praise from, from coaches and, and GMs just because of the way he does it. And he's a kid that, that utilizes his speed and is always kind of in the right areas. Um, and there's no coincidence he scores a lot of goals because he just seems like he's always, always in the right place, always doing the right thing. He just does all these little things that lead to wing play. So, um, he's, he's the captain there for a reason. And, um, I, I, I don't know if this, this point production is, is sustainable, but I, I think he'll be a point per game player and, um, you know, there's there's no reason to think that he will he can't lead the the silver tips in scoring and be up there in the WHL. All
4: right, let's branch out and uh, look at the rest of the division as we're speaking with Josh Horton from the Everett Herald uh, or the Heraldine Everett, uh, my guest here on the Pipeline Show. Standings in the division: uh, Everett on top, followed by Portland, Tri-City, Spokane, uh, and Seattle. But fairly close at the high end of that, I mean, and Portland's just a point back, Tri-City's a point back of them. And Spokane right there as well. Only Seattle is kind of slugged, uh, sluggish at to start this season. Any surprises so far, uh, for you, uh, with the way teams have performed?
6: Maybe a little bit with Tri-Cities. Uh, I, I expect them to take maybe a step back with how much they lost with Parker Rock and, and then Nolan Yuremko and, um, having to shuffle up some over but they, they've looked pretty good. Josh McCall is taking a big step up. Um, I saw him opening night in, in Everett and he looked, he looked terrific. Um, and, Sandy Huo seems like he's taking a step up and now they got Kyle Olsen and Christophe Arbut back and, um, it looks like they're going to be competitive again. Um, it seems like Tri-City always feels their ice is a competitive team. So, um, yeah, I I would, I I was a little surprised by that, but I, I figured the U.S. division would be very even this year with some of the teams and how much they're losing. Um, but there are a lot of teams with some younger players that you expect to take a step back. For example, Portland, um, they have a lot of a lot of young forwards that seem like they're they're ready for a step, taking a step up. I think Seth Jarvis, the kid that was on your show very recently, mm-hmm. um, Reese Newkirk, Jake um the Cross Hannis, Clay Hannis, uh, Jaden Thoreau. Yeah, they're, they're so so deep with young forwards, and if those kids take a step up, I think Portland um, could be a good team. But um, a, a little maybe a little surprising that it's clicked so early for them. I maybe expect it to be. A little, a little late, but um, no, the U.S. division is wide open. I think that was the expectation going into the year, and it remains to be that way.
4: I'll put on my uh, Captain Obvious hat and uh, and the return of Ty Smith to Spokane and how important that is for that team. And I know in the preseason, I think Spokane was probably the the uh, the top choice as uh, who's who's going to be the best team in the division. And a lot of it for for a lot of people it depended on whether Ty Smith eventually came back to the league or not. But to get him back at the very start of the season. Uh, is, uh, I think obviously a, a pretty big piece there for the Chiefs.
6: No, no, without a doubt. And I, I still kind of consider Spokane the, the favorite in, in the league. And I, you figure it'd have to take a little bit for, for everything to, to, to sort itself out with how much they lost. I mean, Jake, or uh, Jerry Anderson Dolan, I mean, that's a, that's a huge piece to lose from last year. And then guys like Luke Smith, Nolan, Nolan Reed, Riley Woods, Ethan do you know, those are, those are guys that contribute to their depth. You know, what made Spokane so good last year is that they could roll four forward lines out and every one of them were competitive. So, you know, they're, they're going to have to fill out that depth somewhere probably, but they still got so much to work with. I mean, Adam Beckman is probably one of the, the quickest releases in the in the league. Philip Crawl's is a really solid defenseman. Eli Zumak does a lot of great things. Uh, J- Jack Finley is um, a huge 17-year-old that, has uh he's got some real promise luke toporowski is is a he's kind of like a wrestling heel with some skill and uh and noah king's a really nice shutdown defenseman that's paired really well with ty smith um so you know with with ty smith there he's just such a difference maker and um he's going to make spokane so good uh you'd have to think in his 19 year old year but uh they still have some things to work out for sure and um i guess they still have some teams to catch but even then it's still pretty wide open
4: yeah, they've played one less game than the, the top teams in the division, and they're only one win away from uh, being right in that mix again. But, um, for, for, I like that description of Luke Toporowski as a, a wrestling heel. It really puts a, puts a great image in, in uh, everybody's mind. Um, for those who haven't had a chance to watch Adam Beckman and, and I haven't been able to see him, uh, face to face yet, uh, with my own eyes because the U.S. division, uh, didn't come here last year. Uh, but they will uh, come this way this year, including the Everett Silver Tips. And I don't know if you're making that trip or, or not, Josh. But uh for those who haven't had a chance to watch Adam Beckman, maybe can you give a bit of a uh, a description of the way he plays?
6: Yeah, of course. He's he's a kid that has just got great hands. I mean, like I say, his his shot release is just top notch. I mean, he's a guy that finds a really um nice way of just kind of getting in the, the 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 scoring areas, you know, the high danger areas and. Uh, he's a great finisher. I mean, and he plays, he plays, plays a really, um, you know, fascinating style and he's not, you know, he's not super quick maybe, but, um, you know, he just, he's just such a good scorer in that way where his, his his quick release just, just goes a long way. The goalie, every time he's on the ice, um, and the puck is in that zone, they yeah, have to know where he is because pretty much anywhere on the ice, he can snap one by him.
4: Now, the only team uh, we haven't chatted about out of the U.S. division so far, uh, Josh, is the uh, Seattle Thunderbirds. Uh, And obviously they haven't got off to the start that they would have uh, probably anticipated. And uh, I know going into the year it was considered to be somewhat of a rebuilding season, but uh, that said, has this been a disappointing year uh, thus far for Seattle? Uh, They are last place in the division uh, as we speak.
7: No,
6: I wouldn't say so because, you know, I saw them on on Saturday and, you know, they they expected to be really young and you know, young teams you never really know how that how that's gonna sort itself out. Mm. Um but some of those young kids have looked pretty good. Connor Roulette is a kid. He was a little he was a little silent in, in his game in Everett, but I saw him playing throughout the preseason tournament and he he looks like a kid with some real promise. Uh Kai, Kai Uchaz is a is a nice seems like a nice two way center for them building building off of uh is a really big forward that uh that seems to have a lot of promise in this league. Brendan Williamson um, and then, you know, some of the draft guys they have like Henry for Roddy Ross is a kid. I really love net. um, Andre Kikuchi, Peyton Mount, you know, they've got some, they got some nice pieces to build around. It's going to be another rebuilding year for them. It seems like, and you know, that's okay. I think that's kind of what they, what they expected going into this year. They're they expected to be young and they're going to let those young kids play and make mistakes. And, um, you know, that's what, what you do when you kind of are going through a rebuild and, um, you kind of, uh, have to have to, see the see the consequences of going for it in a, in a championship year
4: roddy ross's numbers this year not all that uh, attractive in net a sub 900 save percentage and a 363 goals against right now is that more of a because of the the team in front of him right now is a lot uh, different than it was last year i mean he had such a, a, a great stretch with the uh, the t-birds after coming over in the middle of the season last year and, and his numbers were uh, terrific a bit of a step back this year, but is it uh, more on him or is it the kind of the team in front of him?
6: You know, I, I haven't seen every game of him, so it's hard hard for me to say. But, you know, the game I did see him in Everett, it seemed like, you know, he's, he was making every save. He was in the right spots. Not a lot he could do in, in the one goal he gave up. So, okay. um, you know, maybe maybe a bit of a step back in terms of his numbers. But he's a kid that's so big and, and so talented. It seems like it, it'll, it'll click for him at some point, And, you know, when you're on a losing team like that, sometimes it's tough. Um you know, to keep that momentum from, from going downhill. So, yeah, I, I, w- I would say it's more, um, just, just kind of, uh, maybe a bit of a just aberration. But, um, and as you did point out, you know, those numbers probably got to get a little better. if Seattle's going to want to win some games this year.
4: Josh, you making the trip out to Alberta this year? <laughs> I
6: wish. Um, yeah, it's,
4: that's a, that's a long one.
6: And, uh, in, in the modern day of newspapers, I don't know if I can convince them to send me out to, to Edmonton and
4: Calgary <laughs> for
6: <laughs> a couple weeks. Um, but I'll work on it.
4: <laughs> Excellent. Well, listen, Josh, I really appreciate your time. Uh, thanks for, for making time for the Pipeline show today, and uh, enjoy the rest of the year with the uh, cover and the Silver Tips.
6: Yeah, thanks, Key. Honored to be on.
4: Josh Horton from the Everett Herald, uh, my guest here in the In the Dub segment for this uh, week, and I appreciate his time. The Everett Silver Tips are uh, playing some pretty good hockey early on this season. Everett takes on the Tri-City Americans uh, this weekend. Uh, in fact, uh, tonight on Friday, No rest for the Wicked. They host the Prince Albert Raiders on Saturday night. So a meeting there of uh, two of the top teams in the entire WHL at this point in the season. We'll go from the Western Hockey League in our In the Dub segment to our NCAA campus report. We're going to get a preview of the coming season from the perspective of the Big Ten Conference. Uh, Seven teams make up the Big Ten. Go figure. Nate Wells covers one of them very closely uh, as he is in Minneapolis, St. Paul, And so he's uh, right in the backyard of the Minnesota Golden Gophers. We will chat with him about that entire conference next here on the Pipeline Show.
3: This is Guy Godelski from Penn State Hockey. You're listening to the Pipeline Show.
0: Passion. Talent development. NCAA hockey offers all that and its players graduate at a 90% rate. NHLers Kyle Turris.
4: Wow, what a goal. And
0: Duncan Keith. Scores! And future NHLers Tyson Jost and Dante Fabro all took the campus route. Whether you are a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. Champions of the college hockey world. You're listening to the Pipeline Show with Gee Flaming. Oh, my.
4: Let's get to the NCAA Campus Report, which, as always, brought to you by College Hockey, Inc. If you are a player or you have one in your family that is exploring all your options, need to know what you have to do to maintain your NCAA eligibility, College Hockey, Inc., great place to start. We'll also uh, answer a lot of the questions you might have, and uh, there's lots of links you can uh, get in touch with the fine folks at College Hockey, Inc., and, They'll handle all your questions as well. Well, let's get to the hockey talk, and uh, Big Ten conference play hasn't started yet, but uh, looking like a promising season for a number of teams, and uh, one of the guys who covers the conference closely is Nate Wells, who uh, writes for The Athletic. Uh, Nate, welcome back to the show. How are you? I'm doing well. It's great to be back, E. Thank you. Well, uh, let's get to uh, the outlook for this coming season in Big Ten. Right now in the uh, national polls, I, I believe there are four teams in the top 20, uh, the number will the top-ranked team out of the Big Ten is is Notre Dame, uh, and surprisingly, like the Golden Gophers, the Wolverines not ranked, and, and Minis- uh, Michigan State rather uh, also not ranked. But uh, are you surprised at the rankings right now?
8: I'm not really. It's a, it's a group of teams that, for the most part, they all kind of have they're all close to one another, but they all kind of have maybe one or two questions where if they play well, you wouldn't be too surprised to see them succeed and be a top five top 10 team but at this point of the season it's kind of hard to put them up to that level of maybe being a top five team with the exception of uh, Notre Dame uh, Minnesota brings in a lot of newcomers uh, I think maybe Michigan might be a little bit underrated just because on paper they finished sixth uh, and lose Quinn Hughes and lose Josh Norris but uh, they were kind of I wouldn't really put them as a sixth place team um, and then pretty much you have uh, some other teams that are thought of uh, a little higher.
4: All right, well, let's take a closer look at uh, each team, and uh, we'll start with Notre Dame as they are the top-ranked club. Uh, what makes them the best team, or at least on paper, uh, arguably the best team in this uh, in this conference? What stands out when you look at that roster?
8: Well, the fact that they bring back uh, Kale Morris. Uh, they didn't even have him this past weekend uh, in their opener against uh, Air Force. Uh, but any time you can bring back a uh Mike Richter award winning goalie, yeah. uh especially for a senior season, uh you're gonna be very happy. They also bring back Cam Morrison, uh second round pick of the Colorado Avalanche, uh they have Cal Burke. Um and just they're kind of a sneaky good team. Uh the flashiest part of the fighting Irish are their gold helmets. Uh on the ice, they are very defensive oriented. Um in the past three seasons. They made two frozen fours national championship game last year they were one game short of the frozen four so these kind of had the consistency uh going for them that uh some of the other teams in the big 10 have not and for me that makes it pretty easy to put them at least right now as kind of that top team uh just because they don't really have that extra question or two to uh answer
4: well and you know they're very well coached with uh, Jeff Jackson uh, behind the bench uh, you, you do point out how defensively solid they are and that raises the question if do they have enough offensive punch uh, to get them back to maybe a frozen four and, and potentially even more
8: yeah that might be if there if, if there is for sure one question it's it is the offense you lose uh, Dylan Momquist we um, don't have maybe that one or two outstanding offensive players Um. You do bring in uh, Trevor Janicki, who I believe is a Vancouver Canucks draft pick um, as a freshman. But yeah, compared to some of the, uh, especially compared to other teams in the Big Ten, they don't have that one or two big offensive forward punch.
4: All right. And I guess the next ranked team uh, out of the Big Ten is Penn State right now as they're uh, slotted in at uh, number nine. But this is a team. Uh, judging by opening weekend, uh, they're going to be able to uh, score some goals. I think their uh, their top line uh, has some of the top the scores in the entire country, uh, and uh, the the Nittany Lions could be a uh, are a contender to not just win this conference, but they could be a threat this year.
8: They they are kind of in a way a dark horse a national title contender. Uh, for my money, they are the most entertaining team in college hockey. If you get an opportunity to watch them. Uh, on TV, I highly recommend it. Uh, last year, they were by far the best offense in college hockey. Um, they bring back six players who had 14 or more goals. That doesn't even include um, uh, Arne Talvaty last year, who captained Finland to the World Juniors. He got hurt. Um, so just they are chock full of offense. They will put up bowls in bunches. They shoot from everywhere and have the players to do that and on paper, that sounds amazing. The big question is defense last year. They were 56 of 60 teams on defense. Um, and they will score a lot, but they'll give up a lot. Um, this past weekend, the, uh, they nearly, uh, saw four nothing lead against sacred heart, uh, go away. Uh, so it's entertaining on that end. Uh, if they can figure out defense, get kind of some really good to get, get the goaltending from Peyton Jones. You've seen it sometime. Uh, these certainly are a scary team to play against. Uh, so, it's, it's a fun team
4: to watch. Uh, do they have the goaltending? Uh, Peyton Jones is a, is a good goaltender, uh, and he is back as a senior this year. He's got that size that NHL teams like, and I'm sure he's on the watch list for a lot of NHL clubs uh, when it comes to, uh, college free agents at the end of the year. But, um, if, if they're going to be a team that gives up a lot of shots, they might have to win a lot of games, you know, 5-4 or something. But Peyton Jones could be a difference maker in net if, if he's up to it, uh, what do you think?
8: That for me is, I think the key is going to be, can you, you've seen some times where Peyton Jones has been that goalie where he's been able to win some games. Uh, he's been able to stop teams. Uh, he kind of did that uh, a couple years ago when Penn State made the NCAA tournament um, and seems to kind of find his groove towards the end of the season. Uh, they made the uh, big 10 championship last year um, and were just the first team outside the NCAA uh, we haven't seen it throughout an entire season and that's kind of the big difference. Uh, Penn State is certainly very happy to win games 5-4, 8-5, but we've also seen them lose 4-1 third period leads. So it's certainly a mixed bag and that is kind of for me why I think Penn State is like that just underneath that, that, uh, that top level where it wouldn't be surprised to see them do really well and kind of be a national title contender. But you kind of waiting to see just if Ping Jones at the defense can kind of gel and uh kind of stop some of these counters and just stop uh some of these multi-goal
4: comebacks does penn state have the top uh offensive line in the in the country i'd
8: say so it's it's not even just the top line it's just the offense in general where they're just they're able to punt up uh they're able to put up points they're able to punt up shots um and just it's they're they're tough they're tough to uh, stop You bring back uh Alex LaMoges, who was tied for uh, the most points in college hockey last season uh, Evan Barrett returned um, Nate Susie's put up six, uh, seven points uh, last weekend yeah. and uh, still wasn't a big ten uh, three stars of the week which should kind of just say how how potent that offense is
4: yeah Lemoges Barrett and folk uh, that the folks that that top line uh, yeah I, 8, saying, I think in folks 135 points combined between the three of them last year. That's that's a lot of punch. It, it certainly is.
8: Yeah, uh, you know you know it's tough when you're not even when you're not even mentioning players and like you <laughs> could probably lead
4: other teams. All right, let's go from uh, from Penn State to, to Ohio State. Uh, they uh, th- did they win the uh, the the icebreaker this year? Uh,
8: they did. Yes. Uh, the the tied. uh they tied and then one uh, western Michigan and won the uh, won the shootout and then they beat RIT. so
4: that's right that's right now there are, there are definitely some returning players from from uh, the Buckeyes lineup as well that uh, makes them a quality team and one to watch for
8: there are yep they have uh, Tanner wassinski returned uh, we lose a few they lose several kind of players that have uh, kind of come up from uh, the last four years uh, Mason Yopes is gone uh, Dakota Joshua these are all players have turned pro mm-hmm. but you still bring back uh just they still have a good offense uh tommy Niepier's getting his opportunity and goal uh after splitting uh last season with sean romeo and really i think probably the biggest question is just kind of uh for them is if they can kind of just continue their role uh, the last four years they just they've gotten better and better um and the Last year, they, they won the, the Big Ten regular season, which is the, in the program. Uh, they hadn't won a regular season title since the 70s. Well,
4: that's going to be a team to watch for. I, I don't know if they have – maybe they don't have the star power outside of uh, Leszczynski, but they're, you're going to have to uh, have a an honest effort every night if you're going to beat that team. That's They're going to make you earn it, put it that way. Fair to say?
8: They do, and they make they make a good uh, counter to uh, the the Penn State, and Wisconsin, and the Michigans of the Big Ten. Uh, where just uh, Steve Rollick just has them playing really well. They make they're 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 tough to play against night in night out. Um, where some of the other teams are a little bit more offensive, um, happy they can score, but they also I think Ohio State might be one of the most well rounded ones. Uh, they're not going to score like they're they're going to score, but they're not going to put up Penn State numbers. Uh, they're going to be able to stop you and shut you down. They're, I don't know if they're going to put up uh, the Notre Dame defense numbers, but it all comes together, uh, and it did certainly for Ohio State for the first uh, four and a half months last season before uh, just kind of stumbling down the stretch.
4: Nate Wells uh, writes for The Athletic and uh, is in the backyard of uh, the University of Minnesota uh, covering the Golden Gophers, but the Big Ten as, uh, as a whole. He's my guest here on the Pipeline Show in the NCAA, NCAA Campus Report. Uh, Let's go to the Wisconsin Badgers. And I know there's a lot of excitement, a lot of interest in in this uh, program this year because of their recruit, uh, their uh, freshman class, uh, certainly dotted with uh, star power, Cole Caulfield, Alex Turcutt, as well as uh, Dylan Holloway. Uh, So there's lots of offense here. I know that every time Cole Caulfield gets a goal, it seems like there's a counter that goes up um, because everybody's wondering how many he's going to get. He's got four already after two games. Tell me about this team, and and even though they're young, I mean, you go back a couple of years ago. Duluth was apparently too young young to win that year, and they've won two in a row with that team. Can Wisconsin be a, a team that uh, makes it hard for for other clubs?
8: I, I love I love that uh, the recruiting class where you have the fifth overall pick is kind of the uh, yeah the the, the afterthought, it's, which kind of speaks to how well this uh, this freshman class is thought of and has certainly played. Um, it's. It's, it's a team that this, this, this should be the year Wisconsin puts everything together. Uh, they haven't made the NCAA tournament uh, since Tony Granato took over. Uh, they've come close. Uh, and the certainly, I mean, we, we just talked about two guys who were uh, first round picks, someone who looks to be a first round pick uh, next year. And then they have on the, uh, defense they have uh, a candor miller who was the first round picked a couple years ago mm-hmm. for, for me they certainly have the offense they certainly uh, i was watching the uh the bc wisconsin game on friday uh they certainly have to move the puck around they certainly the power play is dangerous it's gonna be uh they bring back a lot of players who other than that, other than umass last year their underclassmen scored more goals than any other team so they have that plus the freshman class. Uh, I'm just kind of curious to see if with them and it's early, so there's certainly plenty of time to improve. Uh, if they can come into that Duluth of two years ago of the UMass of last year, if you can get that defense, then get the goaltending um, in the same way. Um, it really makes, uh, at least right now, it makes that Wisconsin Penn state matchup in a few weeks on Halloween. It could be really interesting that both teams are trying to score eight, nine, 11 goals.
4: You get a sense that this could be a a one and done for a few players like Caulfield and Turcotte, and, and might be the last year for K. Andre Miller as well. That uh, if the, if they're if the Badgers are going to make some uh, noise, they got to do it this year.
8: I and mean, this would be the good year. I, they, they do have several. Uh, they, they do have some good recruiting. This is kind of this feels a year where where it is, is for sure is Tony Grano's team. Um, and they have to kind of set up those recruiting classes down the line, but. I think for a few of these players, yeah, it certainly seems like this is their opportunity. Um, this, this, this one is set up and like there's, there, there's, there's a lot of noise people. I, I honestly don't think you can say that Wisconsin is a dark horse pick just because enough people kind of feel that highly of them. Right. But, uh, it, it's, it's going to be, it's, it's really, it's going to be interesting to watch just because they have the offense. They're able to score and it's, can you get that defense and can you get the goaltending, uh, to kind of stop them, especially with just a lot of teams in the Big Ten that have that offense and can score on you. All
4: right, let's go to Michigan with the Wolverines and uh, outside of the top twenty right now, but seems like on paper they they might be a team that that will fi- work their way onto the the uh, the top twenty ranking at some point this year. Uh, what do you see when you look at the Wolverines?
8: Yeah, it's funny we're just talking about uh, first round picks uh, with the Wisconsin, and the same thing is true of Michigan. They have uh, Cam York. Uh, coming in and uh, John Beach are uh, two first round picks. Um, we lose a couple with uh, Hughes and Norris. But it's kind of just, yeah, a bit of the same where you're trying to figure out exactly what is, what is going on with, with the Wolverines. Uh, I the They made a Frozen for two seasons ago. They technically finished in sixth place last year. Um, they, they, they had a point at the end of the game, the big 10, the middle of the big 10 was so close where the, uh, if if Michigan scored an overtime goal, they would have finished third. If Wisconsin finished uh scored one which they did, they finished six so it was that close. Um but it's they, they, it's a lot of teams, a lot of moving parts. I think kind of in a similar spot of what a lot of teams have been discussing. Uh was uh sorry, can Michigan get that goaltending, um Strauss Mann kind of looks like he's taken over that uh that that job. Uh he's gotten opportunities um and I, I do like who uh, Mel Pearson has brought in with this Wolverine team, but, yeah, I, I think it just kind of, again, goes back to all those questions.
4: Only two goals in their first two games um, to, to start the season. Um, that surprises me a bit. I, I actually thought this the Wolverines team would have a bit more offensive punch. Very early, small sample size, all of that stuff, but is that a concern for this club? Uh,
8: I, I mean, it's it's one weekend, so it's a little tough, and Clarkson is a fantastic, is a fantastic like, defense team yeah, They bring in right. uh their 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 goaltender, uh they, they lost uh jake Kylie, but they bring in uh they brought a graduate transfer goalie who was one of the top ones in the line of hockey last year so uh it, it it's one of those i kind of want to wait and see i think there's a lot of potential for uh goal scorers but uh it, it's certainly uh i, I i'm kind of curious to see just yeah how they how they adjust and how they're able to kind of take advantage. That's kind of, I feel like, a bit of the MO of uh, Michigan last year where on paper you thought maybe they get a little bit more offense uh, than actually happened. Um, but, I mean, you still have Will Lockwood back. Uh, you still have uh, both past Schaub brothers. So it's there certainly are players who can, uh, who can score. Now the question is, uh, like, will they?
4: All right, let's stay in the state and look at the Spartans. And uh, I, I, I think a lot of people had them as maybe the bottom team in the big 10 is that fair they've got four drafted players uh, uh on the roster right now uh, what what are your expectations for michigan state this year
8: yeah it, it, it's tough to uh, kind of put them near the near the bottom um, near, um just because uh for a team that has played so had they're a team that can certainly take wins away um and it's tough to put them near to the bottom but someone has to be near the be the bottom and i mean it's a team that uh they had one line that everyone knew you had to try to stop last year, and uh, Patrick Khodoranko, Taro Hirose, and uh, Mitch Lewandowski, uh, they had about uh, half of the goals last year, and it's tough to stop them, and you lose uh, Taro Hirose and that uh, group, you're, you're someone's going to be near the bottom. I think uh, they, they, they put uh, freshman uh, Nicholas Mueller in there in the uh, opening series, so they now have the KLM line. But I think for them, it's kind of uh, – they certainly have some pieces, and you certainly saw it towards the end of last season. Uh, some of the freshmen that uh, Dan Cole had coming in, or now sophomores, were certainly taking steps forward. Um, but I think kind of just compared to some of the other teams in the Big Ten, it's uh, Michigan State may not have that depth.
4: All right, uh, Nate Wells uh, writes for The Athletic and uh, covers the uh, Minnesota Golden Gophers uh, very closely. Uh, let's finish off with the, that team uh, in your backyard and what your expectations uh, of the Gophers are this year uh, when it comes to uh, drafted players. boy, they, they, Their roster is bursting with uh, guys that have NHL ties.
8: They are, and they bring they bring in uh, two players picked in the uh, the top 40, uh, two defensemen, uh, in, uh, Ryan Johnson and Jackson Lacombe. Uh, 12 new, 12 new players, or, yeah, 12 new players. Uh, it, it's an interesting team just because it's Bob Moscow's second year, but it's certainly, it's a group that he's had a hand in, uh, bringing in or recruiting, uh, one way or another for a lot of them. Uh, you have, they have to replace every single goalie. Uh, they have, uh, Michigan transfer, uh, Jack LaFontaine and Jared Moe. They both split against Colorado College. Um, but one thing, uh, but they also lose a lot of high-end players. It's, it, it's still kind of it's a very young team. I believe they're the youngest in college hockey by age. Uh, but they certainly have a lot of talent. You kind of saw that a bit uh, last weekend in their opener, where uh, they were showing some skills. Some passes were able to connect, but they're also kind of making some mistakes that you would see from a young team.
4: Well, 14 guys who are uh, on the roster who are drafted already. That tells me there's a lot of talent there, as you point out. It's it's a young squad. What are your expectations for where they can finish this year? You know, if they make the national tournament, is that a successful year, or would are they capable of more than just that?
8: Uh I I would say that making the national tournament returning would be a successful year. I mean, it's it's Minnesota. The expectations are always extremely high. Right. Uh, it's a group where you want to where rebuild is not really uh, part of the uh, lexicon. <laughs> Um, and it, it's kind of an interesting thing where Minnesota last year uh, under uh, Moscow's first year, they kind of, they're inconsistent for a good portion of the season. They're beating some really good teams. They lost to two of the five worst. And then they clicked down the stretch and they went uh, seven and one. I think they beat three different NCAA teams uh, before losing overtime to Notre Dame. So now it's, is it, uh, they lose a lot of players from that. So it's, do you continue building from there? Do they take a step back? Um, the, the, the questions, they, they, probably have a couple more questions than the, uh, Wisconsin and Penn State, Ohio states of the world, which, uh, they're picked fifth for a reason. But if they get answered and if they can figure things out, I, I do think having Ryan Johnson and Jackson McComb helps with, uh, solving one issue Minnesota has missed the last couple of years and having just a puck moving defenseman that can help, uh, create offense from the blue line. Right. And if they can solve them, I think it's, I don't think, uh, NCAA tournament would be out of uh, realm of possibility.
4: Excellent. Well, it's going to make for an exciting year, uh, not just for the uh, Golden Gophers, but uh, for all of uh, Big Ten hockey. Nate, I really appreciate your time. I look forward to having you on again. Thanks,
8: Yeah, I love I love uh, talking uh, college hockey with you.
4: Well, the pleasure is mine, Nate, as we uh, take a look at the Big Ten conference. And, uh, boy, so much attention being paid on uh, Wisconsin and specifically on Cole Caulfield. And I laughed when Nate said, you know, it's funny uh, – uh, and, uh, how much attention he's getting when you've got the number 5 overall pick, and Alex Turcott, also a freshman on that same team, not to mention Dylan Holloway, who's expected to be a, a first-round pick uh, this coming June in 2020. But uh, definitely a lot of eyes on Cole Caulfield and his ability to score, and will that translate to, to the collegiate level, let alone to the NHL level with the Montreal Canadiens? Uh, only time will tell on that. But now we get a chance to watch uh, Caulfield at the college level, and uh, we'll see. We'll get the answers to those questions this year. I think Penn State's going to be a fun team to watch uh, this year. Again, another high-flying, highly offensive uh, uh, roster. Some question marks uh, defensively and and uh, potentially in that, although I like Peyton Jones. And I think uh, Michigan is better than uh, they've shown uh, so far and maybe better than they're getting uh, touted in, the, in terms of the, the preseason polls and things like that. Uh, but Notre Dame the number one ranked team right now in Big Ten. You let me know uh, what you think of the uh, Big Ten preview and uh, who you're picking to come out of the conference. Uh, you can hit me up on Twitter at TPS underscore Guy. Just one more segment to go on the show. We're going to turn on the 2020 draft spotlight and chat with another player who is uh, will be taken this June in the uh, draft. I guess this week comes from the USHL. His name is Carson Bantle just so happens to be leading the USHL in scoring, so perfect time to get him on. Get to know Carson next, here on the Pipeline Show.
1: Hey, this is Brock Besser from the Waterloo Blackhawks.
4: Hey, it's Kyle Conner from Youngstown, Fans. His name is Gergensen from View flying Saints.
8: Hi, it's Ellie Tolman from Sioux City Musketeers. Hi, this is Ryan Patoni, former player with the Lincoln
1: Stars. This is Cooper Marodi from the Sioux Falls Stampede. Blake McLaughlin from the Chicago
3: Steel. Hey, this is Sam Gagne, formerly the Sioux City Musketeers of the USHL. Hey, I'm Wade Alex from the Tri-City Storm. Hi, this is Tom Gilbert, former Chicago Steel player.
6: Jack Curry from the Waterloo Blackhawk. It's Casey Middlestaff from the Green Bay Gamblers, and you're listening to The Pipeline Show.
8: From the organization that brought you Mark Messier, Matt Benning, and Ian Mitchell,
5: Spruce Grove Saints Junior A hockey is officially back for the 2019-2020 season with all the action taking place at the Grant Fear Arena
8: in Spruce Grove. With tickets starting at just $15 per person, AJHL Hockey provides some quality entertainment. For more information, visit www.sprucegrovesaints.ca.
0: You're listening to The Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming.
1: Hey, as
4: they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. This is The Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming. We're going to flip on the 2020 draft spotlight once again, uh, this time taking us into the United States Hockey League. And uh, my guest today is a uh, big forward with the Madison Capitals. His name is Carson Bantle. Carson, welcome to the program. How are you? Good, how are you? I'm doing terrific, uh, although I was not just rated by NHL Central Scouting like you were. Uh, take me back to that. That just happened uh, last week. Uh, pretty exciting to see your name uh, uh, being recognized like that by NHL Central Scouting.
1: Yeah, it's pretty awesome. It was a big honor, and obviously it means a lot, but still it's not over with yet. and just got to keep going.
4: Well, we'll talk about the draft a little bit uh, later, uh, but uh, for now, let's uh, look at the season so far for you and for the team. And You're off to a great start, 11 points in six games and uh, uh, co-leading the USHL in scoring this year i got to think you're pretty happy with the way things have gone early on.
1: Uh, yeah, I'm very happy with it. It's been a great start to the season, and we need to carry it throughout the entire year. For yourself, uh, those 11
4: points, 5 goals, and 6 assists, are, are you at all surprised at the offensive production early on? Did you expect you'd be able to contribute that much uh, just a handful of games in?
1: Well, I mean, um, obviously I wanted it to go out this way, but I think it's um, also a big part of my line-mates. Uh, they've helped me out a lot and given me the opportunities, and um, I think we just feed off each other, and that's how our success has been uh, produced so far this season.
4: You want to give them a shout out? Who are you playing with this year?
1: Uh, Reed Pabich and Christoph Papp.
4: Okay, what is it about the the chemistry that that seems to work? Are you guys all slightly different players, and and so it comes together that way, or do you have a lot in common?
1: Uh, I'd say Reed Pabich and I, we play, we kind of have the same similar style of play, just grind it down um I, we have some skill but mostly Tap is our skill guy and we all make plays and cycle low in the corners and that's probably like probably our best suit of our game is low in the corners
4: this is year two for you in the uh ushl with madison and last year 10 goals 10 assists 20 points as a rookie already uh more than halfway uh there to those numbers what's the biggest difference between year one and year two for you
1: I think it's mostly just confidence. I feel like year two, I've had a lot more confidence than year one. I mean, year, year one, I was the youngest guy. Mm. And um, I thought that now that coming back is year two, you know, I'm kind of like a team vet or whatever. And I feel like that's played like the biggest role in me. Mean, it's just more confidence with the puck and being able to hold on to it longer.
4: Nothing's a surprise this year. You've been through the league and you've, I see you've seen all the teams and the, all the, the road trip. Nothing's going to be a surprise to you this year. So I'm guessing there's a level of uh, comfort.
1: Yes, very much. Yeah.
4: Carson, what we like to do in this part of the show is, is, uh, let my audience kind of get to know somebody that's in your position being that it is your NHL draft year. And, uh, my audience is across North America on both sides of the border. And not everyone that's hearing this will have, uh, heard of Carson Bantle. Um, uh,
1: so let's get to know you a little bit. Uh, where are you from? I'm from Onalaska, Wisconsin. okay. Where
4: in Wisconsin is that?
1: It's um it's it's along the Mississippi River, right on the border of Minnesota. okay, so it's right on the Mississippi River.
4: All right, so we're right on the west side there. Um, yeah. Uh, do you remember how old you were when you first started playing hockey?
1: Yeah, I was three years old. Uh, oh. I started I started skating when I was at my uh, grandparents' uh, boathouse on the Mississippi River, hmm. and we our whole family would gather there around Christmas time and throw the skates on and just skate around on the river for a bit and I remember it being pretty cold but I still fell in love with the game
4: was is there some history with uh, with hockey in your family I don't know if you have siblings or or if uh, parents uh, played
1: uh no not at all I mean my dad uh, used to play hockey in high school but that's about it okay. he was more of a he was a big football star but he ended up getting hurt well that's so, too bad
4: um, football yeah. that that seems to make sense you're what six five and uh 200 pounds that's what they list you on the USHL yep. website. So uh, did you did you play football along the way too?
1: Oh, no, never played. Really? Yeah, I wanted to, but my dad said no. Because of his injury? Uh, yeah, but I don't blame him. So football's too rough.
4: Go play ice hockey. <laughs> yeah, I
1: know. <laughs> there'd,
4: be, there'd be a lot of people who laugh at that one uh, for sure. Um, I know. Have you always been a forward? Uh, no, I actually started
1: off as a defenseman.
4: Okay. What led to the uh, so, the,
1: the switch? I'd just like to score
4: so it's a lot more fun putting up the uh, the points than uh, preventing other guys from scoring is that it
1: yeah exactly exactly
4: has offense always come sort of naturally to you i i, I can look back and, and see your numbers at Shattuck i can uh, you were an offensive guy there too
1: uh yeah, offense i mean um I thought that offense has kind of been like my strongest suit i mean i'm also i think I'm okay in the d zone, but I think I need some work with it, okay, but I think offenses were like my biggest key is.
4: Now, if I had a player that was your size on my uh, on my team, uh, I would hope that there was a physical side to his game. Uh, or do you like uh, playing the body? I mean, at your age and that size, you certainly have a physical advantage. Oh yeah, I love playing the body. What's better, scoring a goal or putting a guy
1: through the boards? Oh, of course, scoring a goal.
4: <laughs> if, if, if somebody asked you how to describe yourself as a player, can you give a, a bit of a, a scouting report? How you, how you go about playing the game?
1: I'd say I'm more of a power forward. I mean, I don't try to, I mean, uh, when I try to be cute or try to stick handle a lot or dangle, it just doesn't work for me. So I just need to learn how to just protect the puck more and uh, just have the identity of a power forward.
4: Okay, and you play on the wing or are you in the middle at all?
1: Uh, I play on the wing.
4: Okay, left side? Yeah. So do you find yourself, uh, you know, being that net front presence guy, you work a lot in the corners, but then go drive to the net and, and be that screen and looking for tips and stuff? Yes, your goals again last year: ten points, ten assists. This year, five goals, six assists so far. Um, do you see yourself more as a a, a goal scorer, or a, are you a setup guy at all? Or, I mean, are you banging in the garbage goals around the net? Is that sort of where you make your uh, make your living?
1: I think it's more around the net, just being a big body, right. in front of being the, being a big screen in front of the net.
4: Carson, uh, when it comes to the draft, do you you try not to think about? I know I talked to a lot of players on this show over. Over the last 15 years, and it's you're most guys are uh, either they don't want to think about the draft because it could be a distraction, or they really get involved with the draft and seeing where they're ranked all the time because they use it as a motivator. What about for you, Carson?
1: Oh, I just I don't think about it at all. I just I can't let it get in my head, either if it's good or bad. And I just need to keep going no matter what it is. Okay. When you look
4: at your hockey career to this point, what's sort of been the highlight moment for you?
1: Um, I'd say probably throwing the USA jersey on overseas. I thought that was probably the best moment of my hockey career.
4: That'd be the Holinka Gretzky Cup this past uh, this past summer. Yes. Now, no points uh, in that tournament for you uh, in the, in the four games, but having that opportunity, maybe a bit of a kickstart to your season this year, getting to play some meaningful games in August like that. Um, although there was no uh, offensive production, were you happy with the with the way you played?
1: Um, I wasn't too happy with it. I got I got kicked out one of the games for I think they called it a late hit or something like that. So okay. uh I got kicked out and that was the first period, but yeah, I thought I thought that tournament motivated, motivated me a lot and uh I was just excited to get back home and uh get her going to Madison 20... after the tournament.
4: Twenty-seven minutes in penalties at the Holenka-Gretzky Cup for you. Yeah, this year you only took thirty-two penalty minutes uh, all of last season in sixty-two games. I
1: know, I know.
4: You're gooning it up in the uh, in the Czech Republic, is that it? <laughs> I
1: know exactly. Um, Carson, uh, who is your favorite team growing up? Um, it was always it was always Minnesota Wild, wow, just because they were so close and I could go to the games.
4: Um, now mm-hmm. your your NCAA uh, program of choice, uh, Michigan Tech. Why why was that the right program for you?
1: Because I went up there on my visit, and I thought it was i was i thought it was my favorite it was like it was so cool, and it's just like a definition of a hockey town mm-hmm. and the campus was amazing the coaches are unbelievable and so supportive and uh the, it's just a straight hockey town up there, and that's where I want to be and I thought that was the best choice for me.
4: The Elite Prospects website has you listed going to Michigan Tech for the 2021-22 season. So not next year, but the year after. Is that correct, or are you planning on going next year?
1: I oh, no, know. I'm planning on going in next year.
4: Okay, very good. Now, I should ask you, you do have a CHL option with the Canadian Hockey League. The North Bay Battalion drafted you back in 2018 is playing in the OHL a consideration for you at all, or are you 100% going the
1: college route? Oh, I'm 100% going the college route.
4: Okay, any particular reason? Just for uh, the audience, uh, uh, they might be curious?
1: I think it's more for education as well, because uh, my parents have always been big on education.
4: Okay, simple as that, easy. Uh, between now and uh, the NHL draft, what, what are you focusing in on the most in addressing in your game? What do you think you have to work on the most? I mean, a lot of guys will say you got to get bigger and stronger. Well, you happen to already be big, and, and at 200 pounds, I'm sure you're strong. So what what's on your to-do list?
1: I think I just got to uh, – my consistency is big. I think I need to work on – just work on my consistency and just play the way I've been playing for the rest of the year.
4: Carson, listen, I really appreciate your time. I enjoyed the conversation. I I wish you the best of luck this season. All right. Thank you. That was Carson Bantle of the Madison Capitals out of the USHL on fire to start the season and uh, getting a lot of attention because of that. And that will wrap up this week's episode of the Pipeline Show. Thanks to everybody again for uh, downloading uh, this episode, whether you just did it for this particular segment or you downloaded the entire show. I appreciate it, and I hope you uh, mention it to others uh, to give the show a try as well. And uh, thanks, to special thanks to all those who have signed up to be patrons uh, this week. A number of people, including a couple that might have been uh, related to uh, my last guest. A couple of bucks a month all it takes. You can get early access to all of these interviews. Uh, most of the time I do the interviews, it's like a Monday or Tuesday, sometimes a Wednesday... Uh, And then the show comes out on a Friday or Saturday, so early access for uh, patrons gives them three, sometimes even four days to hear the interviews before the general public does. Uh, This week, I actually did the interviews, all of them, yesterday, so uh, there was early access, just uh, a single day of early access this week, though, Uh, but in general, you'll usually get three, sometimes even four days to benefit from that so uh, go to patreon.com slash the pipeline show and check it out see if it's uh, worth a couple of bucks to you uh, that the pipeline show keeps going Uh, every little bit helps and uh, I really sincerely uh, appreciate all the support next week on the show I always endeavor to get four guests so hopefully we'll get back up to four next week Uh, There will obviously be another 2020 draft spotlight segment. We'll keep uh, our tabs on the NCAA and the CHL and uh, may get a scouting guest on uh, next week and talk about some players for the 2020 draft. So lots to look forward to between now and then. Get out and watch some junior and college hockey so that you and I can talk about it next week right here on the Pipeline Show. Until then, my name is Gee Flaming. See ya.